Hey, 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 y'all. We are back with the You Stuck With Me podcast. You stuck. You stuck with me. It's your boy, Marquise. And this is your one and only and your favorite, Taylor. And hopefully you guys have not been just salivating and drooling and waiting for the rest of this episode as we tell part two of what has been going on with the cancer journey. Oh, that sounded nasty. Salivating, <laughs> drool. Oh, you nasty. You nasty. You're nasty. Well, we know we left them on a cliffhanger, so I know that they've been waiting to hear the remainder of what's been going on. Cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so we left off talking about my stem cell transplant. So like I said in the previous episode, I was in the hospital for 25 days. I I would be the first I wouldn't be the first to tell you, or maybe I would be the first to tell you that. Going through a transplant, no matter what it is, is it's tough. It is very tough. So I do remember during that stay, they gave me very strong chemotherapy drugs. And to say that I was anywhere close to normal would be totally wrong. So to give you guys some of the symptoms I was feeling that I had severe back injury or a severe back ache, I'm sorry, the drugs were so strong that I thought I was seeing things. So for example, and please don't laugh at me or think that I'm crazy, you guys. So while I was walking through the hallway when I could, I thought that I saw a woman just sitting down like she was getting ready to start twerking in the middle of the hallway. Turns out that it was only a, a warning wet floor sign. That, twerking yeah. on the floor. Yeah, like she like she was bending down on the, like, you know, kneeling and like she was about to, you know, pop it, start twerking. Pop, lock, and drop. Exactly. But it was just a wet floor sign. That's how strong the drugs were. And I thought I was going crazy and I started freaking out, but I didn't want to tell nobody because I didn't think people, I didn't want, you know, my parents, Taylor, think I was like crazy. Only to come to find out that the drugs were supposed to be that strong for the, you know, obvious purposes of the stem cell transplant. Oh, and then you had bad mood swings. Oh, yeah, I had bad mood swings. Uh, I remember one point I said something to you that I would never say under any normal circumstance. And then after we talked about it, when I was, when when we were out of that you know situation, it actually brought me to tears. Yeah, because I was about to break up with you. But we'll talk about that in a different episode. But yeah, that's one scenario where I thought I was seeing things. Another scenario is, so if you live in a house where you have how your heat is set up, you set your heat up on the wall, they had that in the hallway. But when I looked at it, it looked like somebody was peeking around the corner looking at me, like in a secretive way. And I'm like, it it, it will mess with your mind. I'm I'm not going to even hold y'all. It will mess with your mind. So <sighs> I'm just glad that I'm out of that space and I don't I don't know what else to say you guys but um uh, we it wasn't all bad it wasn't all bad so I did at that time I did have an appetite prior to the stem cell transplant we uh we ended up bondings on Sunday nights watching Oh, what was the show that we were watching? Serengeti. Serengeti with uh, Lupita Nyong'o was the host of Serengeti. 
you guys know her better as I forgot her character's name in uh Black Panther. Nakia. <laughs> and she did a great job. Did a great job. We still waiting on more episodes to come out for like, what is it, third season? This is like five years later. I think so. I think it's in season three. Yeah, but we know she's been out filming and doing stuff. So but uh it was that was one of the, you know, good things that I, you know, enjoy while getting ready for my stem cell transplant. So leaning up to the stem cell transplant. I I actually had to uh, change my diet and lose some weight. So they told me that I had to lose, what was it, 10 pounds? I had to lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds before the stem cell transplant? I don't remember that part. I remember you changed your diet, but I didn't know you had to do that. Yeah, I had to lose weight, and then I had to drink, I had to drink a lot of water. I think that was like to really flush out my system. I had to do this like two to three weeks in advance. So... Yeah, you if you're not at a certain weight or your body's a certain weight, then you have to alter it before a major surgery. That was one of the things. And we we actually had a lot of deep conversations in there. Yeah. Real deep. Deep, deep. <laughs> that that uh what's that what's that group name? Black Street Deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean going deep, deep, deep. 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 Ooh. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. Yeah, we can laugh about, <laughs> we can it, laugh now. about it now. But in the moment, oh Lord. Uh, those back aches. You wanna tell them you wanna tell them the backstory? <laughs> no pun intended. So it was one of the it was one of the nights I could stay in the hospital, spend the night in the hospital with Marquise, because I didn't have to work. He called me, he was like, Babe, when are you coming? When are you coming? My back is it's it's killing me. It's really killing me. He was like, it's killing me, Smalls. So I'm like, okay, I'll be over there. So I tried to, you know, tried to give him a massage that would work for like about 15 minutes. He'd be like, babe, babe, my back hurt again. I'm like, bruh, what are we going to do? So I said the only alternative to do is the George Jefferson thing. So if you're not familiar with the George Je- Jefferson method, First of all, if you don't know what the who the Jeffersons are, you are too young, and I'm going to need you to go Google who the Jeffersons are, okay? That's number one. Number two, so it was Wheezy. His wife, Wheezy, right, was on his back. She, or was it? Um, no, no, it was. He was, uh, on, uh, he was on what's his name's back? Uh, the neighbor. The neighbor. Yeah. The neighbor. So the neighbor was having back problems and George stood on top of his back and, he, and it's the fact you probably see it in gyps and images where George is, is standing on top of this white guy's back and he's just stomping on like do, 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 do. Right. So, of course, I did not stump on Marquise's back. No, she did. I didn't stop. Matter of fact, I don't think I put all my weight on. No, I did put all my weight on you because you were like, it's hurting really bad. I was like, bang, don't get get on this dirty hospital floor. Yes, y'all. I got on the dirty (laughs) hospital floor just trying to make sure that she could stand on my back just so I can get some relief. But go ahead and tell them what happened next. So the good thing about it was if you have been into a hospital room, they have this sheet where you could put, you know, a big curtain, a big curtain that you put over in the entrance of the patient's room for privacy. Right. I was like, Lord, please don't let these nurses come in here and see him on the floor. And they try to kick me out because they thinking I'm abusing my boyfriend. No. <laughs> so I put, he was like, just put all your weight on me. Just put all your weight on me. I get on this man's back. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, please don't let me, don't let me kill this man. But the big, the crazy thing about it, it was instant magic because he I was felt like, so much better. He took a sigh of relief, like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna even hold y'all. Like, she did that, and it was instant relief. And then the nurses walked in. They were like, what is going on here? And me and being me is like, hi, about time. Nice to see you. <laughs> I'm so serious, y'all. And they were like, Mr. Williams, we we can't do this. You got to get up. And I said, I understand that. But I was in severe pain. And her doing that helped. They were like, Mr. Williams, no. We, get, um, we need you to get back in the bed. <laughs> and I did oblige. I did get back in the bed. But I was able to sleep the rest of the night. I thought they was going to kick me out the hospital. I thought I was about to be bad. <laughs> Matter of fact, they were looking at her crazy. I'm like, don't look at her crazy. I told her to do it. Yeah, he did definitely say that. He was like, I told her to do it. It was all me. Me, me, me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and I got to tell you guys about a, a very important conversation or conversations on multiple occasions that myself and my parents actually had. And I I never understood the, the ramifications of it. But fortunately, my parents and my wife had my best interest at heart uh, when dealing with this. So... As a patient, when you're in a lot of pain, naturally you want drugs. They were giving me uh, hydrocodone, uh, baclofen, uh, a whole bunch of different things that would relieve pain. Now, because everyone is familiar with, or you should be familiar with the opioid epidemic that's been going on, and how it's so easy to get addicted to painkillers and to get to get addicted to drugs and oh now it's fentanyl too and now it's fentanyl yeah yeah now it's fentanyl but my parents definitely and my wife definitely looked out for me because I, I was in so much pain I'm like just give me the drugs just give me the drugs they're like no you can't have these until it's a certain time and I really want to say thank you to you Bay and thank you to my parents for the discernment and keeping me away from something that could have been very detrimental. There's no need to thank me. That's what I'm here for. And I was like, I'm not about to support no druggie. I told you that. I was like, I'm not about to support a druggie. I said, either you're going to get this ish together or I'm walking. Yeah. Me and Marquise had some deep conversations. Now, we might not touch on all of them today but they they were deep they were deep now we might touch on another episode or two but so to round out what happened with my stem cell transplant it was successful i had my stem cell transplant july 31st of 20 what was that 2018 Mm -hmm. 2018 so after that i did have some uh issues with my body uh i dropped down from when i went in i was uh 257 by the time I was probably six months out, I weighed 161. So one of the things that happened to me while post-transplant was I wasn't eating because my body wasn't, you know, it's recovering. I wasn't hungry. So they would have to force me to eat light things in order to keep me, you know, so I could just have something on my stomach. And it wasn't until probably about five or six months into the uh, post-transplant where I actually was able to regain my, regain my appetite. Oh, that's when you was like, I called you the insure junkie. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> and well, what was I taking? I was drinking insure. Uh, I was drinking a lot of water. Um, I can't remember exactly what I was eating. 
Ooh, but when you had te- when you didn't have the taste for stuff, I remember I gave you the jo- Jolly Rancher. Yeah, you, so you gave me Jolly Ranchers, and I had Skittles, and that's how. Shout I was out to Aerie because shout out to my mama Aerie because she the one that came with that idea. She was like, "Oh, just give him, just give him like a Jolly Rancher, give him like the green flavor one." But I think you end up liking the blue one, the it blue was, or red one. Red, it was the red one. The red one. So I I started uh, eating Jolly Ranchers. That's what helped, started helping me receive, or not receive, but get the uh, taste back in my mouth because I also lost my taste buds from obviously the stem cell transplant and the medication I was taking. And the medication that they had me on, I was taking probably about 60 pills a day uh, at one point. And I think the first time I really started noticing that I was gaining my weight back. One night, my mom actually made baked potatoes. So <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge fan of baked potatoes. Get you a baked potato, put that. Mo- There's two ways to make it. I learned that you can either put it in the oven and flip it for two hours, or you could poke the holes in it, put that mug in the microwave for 15 minutes. But depending on the size of the potato, depending on the size of the potato. So. But I like to uh, put on mine is uh, give me some sour cream, some butter, some shredded cheese, bacon bits, put some uh, black pepper on top of that. I'm a happy man. But I, the first time I had baked potato, I went to sleep that night and I woke that's, that night before I couldn't see my ribs. That's how skinny I was. The next night I woke up, I couldn't see my ribs. And I'm like, I'm going to keep eating baked potatoes. So I think it probably took me what? About two months and I gained 25 pounds. So I was around one, Something like that. 185. And then about another month, I was about 200. So yeah, just eating off of eating baked potatoes, I gained all my weight back. Baked potatoes and insure. And it's, I slowly was able to receive, or not receive, but get my taste buds back. But the thing, also thing that was hard was, I, you know, I like to eat chicken. I like to eat salmon, all that stuff. I wasn't eating meat, at least unless the, it was the bacon bit. So that was another adjustment for me. But stem cell transplant went well. I was able to get my... Get my weight back. I'm at a healthy 220 right now. A good 220. And ever since then, just been going to the doctor, eating healthy. I'm eating a lot of fruit, salad. I'm big on salmon. Uh, I'm able to run and jump and all that stuff. I was able to be able to, I was able to, I'm sorry, to, have a serious reduction in my meds. So now I'm taking, what, about four or five different meds right now? I want to say four. Four. So at one point it was two. Just had a, a slight relapse with le- finding leukemia in my liver, which a lot of people didn't know about. But uh, they found leukemia in my liver a little bit while back. And uh, because of the medication that they've had me on, uh, these lesions have gotten significantly smaller, and I'm, you know, in a, I'm in a good space right now. I'm in a very good space, and uh, because of me having a stem cell transplant, I actually made a new friend who's been very supportive of me. And I got to tell you that this lady, she's been through a lot, and we talk constantly. Uh, She's my stem cell donor. She actually lives in Atlanta. So at some point when she gets uh, stable, we're going to go down there and we're going to hang out with her and chat with her. We've talked over Zoom and I text her. So 
I also want to thank her for giving me the gift of life. Because of her, mm. because of her, I have a second chance. So mm. whenever she hears this, I just want to continually say thank you to her. Oh. Yeah, she she is. She's a really, really um, heaven sent. Because first, first of all, when I, you know, we all, we all for our people, just to, just to know the fact that you, <laughs> you get experienced black girl magic, <laughs> as I call it, you know, gave you a second chance in life. And the crazy thing about it is she just did it at the kindness of her heart that she just wanted to help somebody. And she didn't, she didn't know me from a can of paint. She didn't even know of me that I was walking this plane, but she, out of the kindness of her heart, gave me the biggest gift that anybody can ever give a person. Yeah. I, I mean, I, every day I thank, I thank God for her. Like <laughs> she, like I tell, I told her, I'm like, you gave me, you gave me, my love of my life back. And also, and also she gave your mama her son back too. Cause I mean, through the darkness and turmoil and the one th in the, what can I call it? Through the darkness, the turmoil and the, the worry of uncertainty. She's that bright spot. Yeah. Whenever, whatever she needs, I'm always here for her. I can't say thank you to her enough. Yeah. Just, she's just such a beautiful soul. Yeah. And I know that seeing my relationship with her has also influenced you. It has. Uh, so... This is the first time I ever really talked about it with anyone besides Marquise. So, as I said in previous episodes, I lost my mom in 2017. Um, one of the things I found out was she was actually a registered donor. Um, she was able to give someone the gift of sight. I've known this since 2017, but I never had the courage to try to reach out to my mom's recipient until recently. So just seeing the the relationship between Marquise and his and his donor, it just reminded me like the happiness and warm feeling that I found out what I had when I found out my mom was a registered donor and you know she's she actually saved somebody's life. Now granted it's not to the extent of like stem cell or organ donation, but the gift of sight. So that means someone's out there, you know, they're able to see again. They're able to see again through her lens in a sense. So family, I decided to go ahead and face my fears. And I wrote my letter. I wrote a letter to my mom's recipient. Um, it's being sent out. It's being sent out as we speak. So the thing about being 
and corresponds with your recipient, sometimes they not might they might not be well receiving or well not real receiving, but they might be hesitant to reply back because it is a, such an emotional thing. Like for example, you saw how it, how touching it was for Marquise to even speak about his donor. Like you can't see him like I can see him, but just the excitement and you know the gratitude and the tears rolling down his face. And y'all know Marquise Marquise don't cry a lot. <laughs> so just to see, you know, the overwhelmment that came over him with that the recipient may feel that too so one thing i had to learn was that when reaching out to my recipient i may or may not get a response prayerfully and hopefully i get a response because i feel like i'll get that that void that i've been having in my heart ever since my mom left i know that sounds kind of weird does it sound kind of weird? From everything that I've been through, it doesn't sound weird at all. You know, I I can I can especially relate because, and most people don't know this, but when you have gone through a transplant, no matter what it is, you actually can't reach out to your recipient until a year afterwards. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, I found that out while going through uh, my recovery. But they do ask you early on, do you want to speak to your recipient or do you want to do you want to have contact with your recipient in the future? I mean, not your recipient, your donor in the future. And I immediately said yes. It was no hesitation. Yeah, because I remember we when we first started learning about um, your donor, I was expecting somebody from like across the pond. <laughs> Initially, that's what it was. Yeah. It, it was going to be somebody from across the pond because pond because a lot of people don't know in Germany they are I think they're required to register as a donor. Now, uh, my first original donor was uh, a German lady. I actually think she was my age at the time and something happened and it didn't fall. It fell through. So my initial, my initial stem cell transplant was supposed to be in June, but it got pushed to July for that reason. And so, and Taylor would tell you when I received the letter that I had a new donor and that everything was going to go through, I immediately started crying. Yeah. We, I remember we were in my room laying down and my mom came in and brought the letter. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was through be the match that, uh, yeah, be the match. I was going to say be the match.com. But I read it and I instantly started crying. And I remember you asking me, what are you crying for? I said, I'm just so happy. Yeah. Cause baby, what a lot of people won't tell you and Marquise will tell you too. It was a process of mm-hmm. waiting for a donor. And it got to a point that close family members mm-hmm. was testing to see if we, we was a match. Like you, you did too. Well, by the time I was getting ready to test, we found out that you had a donor. Like my, so this is the thing you guys got to understand. 
my my mom couldn't be a donor because she had she had given birth to me. My brother couldn't be a donor because I forgot exactly what it was, but he was Marlon was actually devastated that he couldn't be my donor. Mm-hmm. My dad couldn't either. Uh, and I think you were getting ready, like you said, you were getting ready to. I was getting ready to, but the thing about it was, I didn't want to tell Marquise I was getting ready to test to see if I if we was a match, only because I felt like he would talk me out of it. And I think I I, I think at first did, you did yeah. try to talk me out of it. You was like, uh, no, you don't need to do this. I'll be okay. I'm like, why not? <laughs> I, and I remember telling you, if I become a match with you, oh, you're you, gonna, you you're stuck do with it. me. <laughs> you stuck with me, and I'm going to do it. Bump what you're talking about, okay? Bump, forget what you're talking about. So we did. I did end up finding a, um, a match. And what some people may not know that my blood type actually changed from this. So initially, I was, I think I was B, I was a B blood type. Now I'm type O. Mm. So yeah, a stem cell tran- uh, transplant changed my blood type. Um, but yeah, since then I've it's it's been a journey, y'all. It's it's been a real journey, and I'm in a good space right now. And I I go on the record and say this: throughout this entire process, I was never depressed. I had my moments where I was sad, but I was never depressed. And I'm looking forward to eventually going down to meet Renee. That's her name. Or that's her uh, middle name. Her real name is Catherine. But um, I'm looking forward to going down there, meeting her sometime, meeting with her kids. She has great kids. And I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that through everything that I've been through, this is all come to fruition. I've been able to get married. I've been able to travel, just do a lot of things that prior to that for the, for two years prior, I wasn't able to do that. And to let you guys know something, what they told me, what my doctors told me rather, is that as long as I don't have any relapses after my stem cell transplant within the first five years, I'm considered cured. So right now I have a little over a year to go. And also, I guess this is a good time to share my surprise with you. What's that? So, I am a registered donor now. I'm glad. I'm glad. Of, I'm glad about that. I, because I, I have everything that I know from your perspective, you've seen. The gift of life is uh, helpful. Yeah, so it was something, because I felt really bad that I couldn't, you know. Are you about to tear up again? <laughs> I'm, I'm wiping tears away. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know I know you feel bad about yeah, not being a bad. match. But the- well, yeah, not being able to, you know, help you out in the way I would like to. But I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can help somebody else. So now on my driver's license, it says donor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you guys go to my Instagram page, you'll also see uh, 
blackbonemarrow.com where you can register as a as African Americans we have the lowest we have the lowest registered donors. So go on my Instagram page, blackbonemarrow.com and register, sign up to be a, a donor for someone. You can save somebody's life. And then also if you were if you were a donor family member like I am, there are so many resources out there that can help support you to navigate this. Um, one in particular that comes to mind is Gift of Hope. That is an organization that I work with. Um, you could just go to Gift of Hope giftofhope.org and they'll put you in the right direction of like how to mingle with other donor families and also get that support that you need so with on that note bay you want to tell them where they can hit us up at you can hit us up at you stuck with me podcast or on instagram that's u-s-t-u-c-k-w-i-t-u-s underscore podcast or you can go to our facebook page you can find me on instagram and Twitter, mine, M1NE underscore one. That's M1NE underscore one. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Queen Points. That's P O number one NTZ. Again, that is Queen Points, P O number one NTZ. And Bay, where can they hit us up with sticky notes if they just want to reach out to us? You can email us at you stuck with me at gmail.com. That is U S T U C K W I T M E at gmail.com. Or you can leave us sticky notes on our Facebook page and we will read them on the podcast. All right, y'all. So no more cliffhangers. Now, you know, one of our major milestones in our relationship. Hopefully this will help inspire someone out there. And like I said, I want to say to wrap this up, Bay. thank you. Thank you to my parents. Thank you to my brother, uh, my donor, Renee. Can't wait to see you. Thank you for everybody with the support, prayers, everything. It's too many people in the name. And I, I guess that's it. We out, y'all. One more thing. And shout outs to my mom's recipient. Hopefully I can hear from you soon. Peace. Peace.